back here live in the studio once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Wednesday, July 17th, 2019. I am joined by Brett Baker, and we got a good show for y'all today. I think everyone here already knows what I want to talk about today, and that is the Rockets signing Anthony Bennett, you know, really is going to mm. change the West. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Obviously, no, we're going to talk but before about the you, I know, I know you're going to joke about that, but if you watch this, I do hope that you and everybody else that is listening has watched Anthony Bennett's G League highlight tape. Good God, he was going off for like a straight year. I think he might actually be a contributor on that team. I mean, I if think. he contributes, if he contributes, it's a plus. I mean, Look at Austin Rivers. I mean, he was next to he was next to worthless when he went to the Rockets. I mean, it's pretty fun to be bad in a Mike D'Antoni offensive system. But I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I think Anthony, just about anybody who's any good at basketball looks good in the G League. So I don't buy into Anthony Bennett being any kind of contributor this season. But if he is, you know, that's why that's I'm why going for him, man. You know, I like my role players. Oh yeah, I mean, it's if he if he's a contributor, it's like going to the gas station buying a two dollar you know scratch off ticket and winning 150 bucks or something like that. So that's basically what it's like if he's a contributor. But that was cool. I mean, I was going crazy when I saw the news. The Rockets got Westbrook. I mean, I think it completely shakes up the West and makes Houston more of I mean, Houston was already a threat, but I mean, I think it makes Houston the best team in the West personally. I, I mean, know I, that. I, I agree with you. It makes them a very good team. We don't know exactly how they're going to work together. We've seen it in the past, but they're different players now. I will say, though, Houston probably has the best big three in Capella, a young Capella that only gets better with every year. I mean, he is one of the more underrated players in this league mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, getting better and better. But you also have James Harden and Russell Westbrook, two MVPs, two guys that are ball dominant, yes, but have played together, are good friends. It's hard to say if they're going to mesh, you know, completely together. And it might be a process for sure, but I do think they're a dangerous team. Look, I think it'll mesh perfectly fine. The first year Harden and Chris Paul were together before we'll get to uh, Chris Paul being a problem here in a little bit, but... I mean, before that, all the, all this news came out of these guys like not getting along and all this stuff. I mean, I thought that it worked. I thought it worked great together. I mean, they had the Warriors beat before mm-hmm. before we saw Chris Paul go down in Game Five. I mean, it was pretty much over well, at that I think point. That, I think the turmoil between them was just built up frustration. Uh, you know, having the Warriors in the hole right there in the conference finals and losing that, and then also not being able to get on the floor for Chris Paul in game seven, missing those 25 threes in one game. It was just a tough, it was just a tough loss for them. I don't think they ever truly recovered with that core. So I'm glad to see a shakeup with Houston, but I want to ask another question. Which well, I want to say, I want to say this real quick before you, or actually, you know, what's your question? What's your question? Let's hear it. Which duo do you think will perform better? Russell Westbrook think- and James Harden or Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. All right, before the I answer that, I... of the weird Oklahoma City Thunder trades. Oh, all right, all right. I'm about to say my answer to that in one second. First, I think that the reason why the teams unraveled is because Harden played so well and helped this team. You know, they were out of the playoff race when Chris Paul went down. They had just kind of got hot. We're sitting like two games out of being in the playoffs. Then James Harden took him on this crazy run where he had that crazy streak of 30 point games. 
And then you have Chris Paul come back. He's not playing well. I mean, we saw the video where he was making fun of Harden saying he had man boobs. I mean, if I was Harden, I would have punched him square in the face right there. But, I mean, he's a bigger man than me by Harden ignoring that. Have... But... I'm not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, so, so or else we might be throwing hands, Brett. But anyway, I mean, I just feel like that the Rockets, they did so well without him that it was kind of like a, look, I don't need you. You're not doing anything. And I mean, Chris Paul was not very good in the playoffs. So I think that that's ultimately is what led to this. I mean, Chris Paul was being his bossy self and Harden was just kind of like, dude, I'm not putting up with this. Why am I going to put up with this when you're not really doing anything to help the team win? But getting back to the question you asked me and answering that, I, you know what? Is, uh, it's it's such a tough question of who I think wins this trade. It's a because... very tough question because there's a lot of things that go into it. I think that for me, I think that you know Russ and James Harden are probably going to have the better stats. But mm, man, the Clippers have gonna... a really good team, dude. They are really good and really deep, and I think that. It all depends on health for the West. I hope, truly, I hope everybody stays healthy so we get the best of the best. But well, we know that won't happen. We, yeah, you know that won't happen. And I think that the Clippers are more likely to be with or be able to withstand injuries. And I've always been on the boat that Russell Westbrook is a ticking time bomb when it comes to injuries. And I hate to say that, but the way he throws his body around... No chance he can go on for this long. I hope he changes his game because he's with James Harden and becomes more of a you know poised player, which is the best word I can use by far. But I don't know. We'll see. And I don't even have an I don't even have an answer for the question I asked, which is crazy. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and answer this question, and I'm gonna say the Rockets win. And this is me speaking unbiasedly. Look, they get a good team. That you have a great team, great pairing out there in LAC with Kawhi and I mean, and Paul George. I mean, there's no doubt about that, but the fact that you can dump that Chris Paul contract, I mean, that contract was basically an untradeable contract. The fact that you're able to flip it and get a better player, I think it has to make Houston the winner of those two OKC trades. But I mean, just going based off of, I mean, what you said and everything, I, I agree with you. The fact that Westbrook's game does not, you know, it's, it's not the kind of game that ages well. It's it, a guy who plays like Harden does ages well with his game. But I mean, the way Westbrook plays, it does not, but I think Westbrook will have a better season. And I think that it will be a lot easier on his body because he's going to be playing off ball a little bit more to Harden. And I think that'll be good for Westbrook just because his usage rate will go down a little bit more and his turnover rate will, and he's not going to be as tired. Cause you know, there's a lot of times where you watch the thunder and Russell Westbrook's just stuck out there with nothing really on the court, just yeah. trying to do whatever. He can. I will say I always, we always talked about this. I've always said this, the thunder did, they lacked the second unit that a lot of teams mm-hmm. have that are championship contenders. They lost, they lacked that second unit. They lacked dominant three point shooters, uh, or just good three-point shooters around Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And, yes, they had some defenders, but I think that, you know, alleviating some of the pressure off Russell Westbrook to be a main dominant scorer does help him a lot because now he comes into a team with Eric Gordon, James Harden, Anthony Bennett. <laughs> and I think this team can actually help him to be more of a facilitator than a scorer. And it's not his fault that he had to score in Oklahoma City. And it, 
it is what it is, but also no, the I, loser of this trade completely is Chris Paul, that poor bastard. Yeah, I mean, but we can, we'll keep talking about the tr- the trade outcome for Houston stuff in a second. But I mean, clearly Chris Paul is the loser of this trade one because he goes to the Thunder into a team that's in complete rebuild mode, and I mean, nobody's going to trade for him. I don't think. I mean, I seen I saw today that the trade talks have stopped. I mean, nobody wants Chris Paul, quite frankly. I mean, I think that there's some decent trade spots for him, but he's proved to be a cancer, a locker room cancer. Because, I mean, all those guys came out that were in the Clippers and said Chris Paul was the problem. They're glad to see him go. And then we saw this exact same thing happen in Houston. I mean, I think at this point Chris Paul's an asshole and he's got no value, you know, and he's he's basically Paul, been banished there. I think Chris Paul has little man syndrome for sure. And like NBA, the NBA version of little man syndrome because he's a pretty big dude in normal person standards. But definitely – I feel like Chris Paul has seen better days and I think that he I think this might be a reality check for him. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Chris Paul's at the end of his career. There's no way he's going to get bought out still with three years left on his deal. So he's just going to be stuck to stew there in Oklahoma City. I think a team will get desperate enough at the trade deadline to make a move for him. I don't know who that team will be. A trade that I've been thinking would be, you know, a great trade. But also, also, I will say this, too about Chris Paul and the Thunder. The Thunder still can move Dennis Schroeder, which I think will end up happening here at some point. But Chris Paul is not a bad guy to have there if you're bringing in young draft picks. Because, I mean, Chris Paul's basketball IQ, I mean, he's got one of the best IQs in the league when it comes to basketball IQ. And he'd be a great guy for the young guys to learn from. You know, people don't buy into as much of how big it is to have young guys or to have old guys there to teach the young guys and let them learn. I mean, like, look at the Kings. They went out and spent all that money on Marcus Gasol. And I mean, not on Marcus Gasol, on uh, Zach Randolph and on um, on George Hill. And then once that they those guys kind of had served their purpose, they let George Hill for half the season, you know, kind of coach up a little bit on De'Aaron Fox, and they went and shipped him out to the Cavs. And then he ended up getting moved again to the Bucks. But, you know, like, it's good to have these old guys – who know, um, who, you know, they know toughness. They know how to play in the league. They've played in big games, big moments. They've been a part of some of the bigger games, big upsets throughout the league. And I think it's big to have those guys to teach things to the young guys. Like you look at the Hawks, they had Vince Carter teaching stuff to all these young guys, and it's going to be kind of the same effect. But look, I think this, I think that this move of getting Westbrook into Houston is like, I think, I think that absolutely shakes up the entire Western Conference, you know, because now Harden as a number two is good enough to go along with him. So, like before that, the him and Chris Paul just needed to seem like a ticking time on. It felt like to me they'd get to the second round, and get bounced again. But I feel like it also brings the team new life. You know, you get rid of that guy who's dragging down the locker room. And Harden and Paul are two of the. I mean, Harden and Westbrook are two regular season players in the league. I think the Rockets will happen in the Western Conference. And I think this will be huge because you'll see guys like LeBron, Davis. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, Lakers fans. Davis isn't exactly the most durable guy. He's going to probably miss 15 to 20 games, and you're going to want him to rest some. LeBron's old now. He's not going to play in every Whoa. game. The Western Conference – I mean, I'm not saying LeBron's gotten worse. I'm just saying he's old and he's going to need nights Whoa. off. You know? He took nights off when he was in Cleveland. LeBron's going to be sitting nights out. I mean, these the Cavs, the the Warriors – I mean, not the Cavs, the Warriors, the Lakers, the, uh, the, the Clippers. I mean, they're not going to have top three records in the Western Conference. The Rocket, they're going to have to go into Houston and beat them. They're going to have to go into Denver and beat them. Look, I think these teams can go into Denver and beat them. But going into Houston is going to be a tough task. I think the Clippers are going to have the best record. I do not think that at all. I mean, Kawhi is going to sit out a lot of games. Paul George has gotten hurt a lot. He's going to miss games too. 
Yeah, so I mean, I think, the, I think the Clippers will be top four, but I don't think they'll have the best. See, I think the best records are going to be – I think it's going to be Denver – Houston, the Jazz, and then probably the Clippers and Blazers will be right there neck and neck. I mean, Kawhi is going to take nights off, and the Western Conference is a hell of a lot tougher than the East. I mean, the East, outside of the really the top six teams, I mean, you could honestly rest your guys and beat the Nets. You know what's um, crazy? What? The Warriors are one injury away from being out of the playoffs, in my mind. I agree with you completely. I mean, the West is stacked out the ass. I mean, you're going to have either the Kings, Spurs, the Thunder for sure out of the playoffs at this point. I mean, the Mavs will be competing. I don't think the Mavs are ready yet, but you just look at the Western Conference as a whole. It's going to be this going to be the most competitive conference we've seen yet. You know, if the Warriors lose Steph Curry for any type of time at all, then you're pretty much seeing D'Angelo Russell play on a team that he's played on pretty much his entire career, a team that lacks a defensive presence up until last year with the Nets. You know, a team that lacks a defensive presence, probably a team that is pretty youthful, and he's probably going to be the main scorer. And if that if Steph Curry is out of the lineup for an extended period of time for any reason, the Warriors are probably going to be pushed to the bottom side of that, you know, playoff cutoff right there. I mean, I would guarantee you that that's going to happen. Steph Curry's proven to get – he's going to get hurt some. I'm, I mean, Steph Curry is definitely a little injury prone. I mean, those ankles are made of paper mache. He's bound to miss at least 10 games, I'd say, this season. He missed a good portion of last season, but well, it didn't I really mean, matter. To his defense, he's played more games than anybody else because the yeah, way they just go to the finals every year. Yeah, I mean, no knock against Steph Curry like that. But, you know, like I'm saying, it, I definitely think it's going to happen. He's definitely going to miss some time. I but, agree. I mean – uh, the Western Conference is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be the best basketball we're going to see for years. I'm so glad that we're in this era that we're going to get to watch basketball. I'm, it's going to be so much fun. Yeah, and by far the NBA offseason is an extension of the NBA season in terms of excitement and entertainment. It is probably the longest sports season in terms of pure entertainment that we have because of the offseason being so interesting. And I. You can't get enough of it. You almost hate to see the offseason end more than you hate to see the season itself end. And I'm looking forward to it. We actually don't have that much longer before it kicks off. I mean, only like two and a half months, two and a half, three months, three months. Mm-hmm. We'll say three. I know today's podcast was a little bit short, guys, which I apologize for. But me and Brett both, like I said, didn't have a whole lot of time. But next week, we're going to start doing conference previews. That's for college football and NFL. So we're going to be previewing those, giving y'all um, team win totals for the you know over-unders on those, how we, who we think is going to win divisions, who we think is going to win those conferences, just things like that. But once again, guys, I appreciate Brett for coming on. Um, it's another good show. You know, we always got good content for y'all. I appreciate all y'all tuning in once again. And we will be back here giving y'all a lot of good content again next week. So, Get ready for that.